So we're talking about what your man really needs. Someone say, what your man? What your man really needs. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be taking everything from the scriptures. Praise God. We're taking every single thing from the scriptures. And I want us to know that this is the Bible talking, not popular opinion. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33 from the King James says, Nevertheless, let each, let every one of you in particular, so love his wife even as himself, and the wife must see that she reverences her husband. The Bible is giving us a quick formula, the basic needs of every, um, every party in marriage, the man and the woman. Now, King James is a bit blind, so let's quickly see it in the NIV. If you have the NIV in your phone, just quickly scroll to NIV and let's look at it together. It says, however, each one of you also must, somebody used the word must, love his wife as he, Love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So this morning I'm speaking to the wives. And I'm speaking to the women. And I'm going to tell you what God has demanded of you. Shockingly, God didn't say you should love your husband. If I ask any woman here, do you love your man? Everybody will lift up their hands. Even the one that hasn't married. Even the one that's 16 years old. Praise God. I love my boyfriend. Praise God. Women, we love to love. We are lovers. By nature, everything we do, everything we see, everything we give, always stems out of a heart of love or no love. If we love you, we love you. But it's interesting that God actually never asks the woman to love her husband. I mean, there's the foundational agape love, right? There's the foundational love your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's the foundational, you know, love as Christ has loved the church. But when he comes into the marriage relationship, God actually never instructed the woman to love. So all my life, I've been hearing this love him unconditionally, love him unconditionally. And I kept practicing loving, loving, loving. And I was still loving, but I was still noticing that, man, it's like this thing is not working. Praise God. It seemed to me that there was something more that men needed outside love. And then it was in studying my Bible, I realized for the first time in my life that what God actually asked me to do to my husband is what? King James says reverences. The Bible in um, New, New NIV says, however, each one of you must love, must love his wife as, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I was shocked when I saw that. And I was like, am I doing this thing wrong? Praise God. How many of you married women, you understand that? You know that feeling when everything is fine right now, but in the next minute, your husband's face just changes. And you're like, really, what did I do? And you're still trying to put more love. And you're still trying to apply more love. And it feels like I'm not getting the same energy back. Why? Because the Bible is clear on what we're supposed to give. It says, respect your husband. Now, let's open the Amplified Bible and see what the Amplified says. Amplified, I love Amplified. He amplifies it. However, this is verse 33. Each man amongst you, without exception, men, hear your own soul. I'm not going to talk to men today. Praise God. But Pastor Ayer will do a good job. However, each man among you, without exception, is to love his wife as his very own self, with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her, with an attitude of loving kindness. God is good, Sha. Praise God. Sisters, is that not what we want? Amen? But then this is what the Bible says. Um, and the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him, prefers him, treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Praise God. 
Some men just fell in love already with the Bible. They say it's in the Bible. Hallelujah. So the Bible is clear on the two basic needs. There are more needs. There are more needs that a man has. There are more needs that a woman has. Praise God. But we're going to focus on the basic needs that the man has and the one that the woman has. And you, know, you have to understand, I need it, but I can't give myself. God has put you in the position to be able to give your partner what they can't meet. This is what God would have met in their lives before they became born, before they got married. So God has said, listen, Diola, this is a need in this man's life. And you are now the, soul, the one solely responsible to meet this need. Praise God. He didn't say that the, his assistant at work should meet that need. He didn't say that the house girl should meet that need. He didn't say that his sister should meet that need. And what happens is most of the times, the men are not getting their needs met. That the, only the wives can meet. So what happens is that they gravitate towards what you need. If I'm here and I'm thirsty and I see water at the back, there's nothing you can do. No matter how important you are to me, give me a minute. I need water. It is something I need. I cannot do without it. I'm thirsty. I'm in a desert. If I see water and I see a million dollars and I'm in a desert, you both know I'm not going to pick a million dollars because I'll pick that million dollars and what happens? I will die. But if I need water, I would always gravitate towards what I need. So ladies, I need you to realize this and understand this, that God has given you the secret weapon to always get your man always wanting you, pursuing you, longing for you. But it's not easy to us. And that thing is called what? Respect. Praise God. Men are born with that need for it. And your man has a need that can only be filled by you. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking more into this. And I find out that reason really and truly, when I found out, found out I was putting in so much love and I wasn't getting the desired results, I knew that something was faulty with just love your husband. Just love your husband. Just care for him. Just take care of him. Praise God. And this is the balance. Praise God. So I'm going to be talking about something called unconditional respect. Somebody say unconditional respect. How many of us ladies here, and I'm going to ask a sincere question. You want to earn your husband's love. Lift your hand. You want to earn his love. Meaning that you have to do something before he loves you. How many of you here want to earn your husband's love? That is until I do something before he will show me love. Praise God. But there's something that we women do. We want our husbands to earn our respect. True or false? True or false? See, let's be real. I'm not going to respect him until he acts like a respectable man. Amen? Praise God. Why should I respect him? He's always frustrating my life. Praise God. Oh, man, the church is cold this morning. Amen. I'm going to turn up the heat. Going to turn it up a bit higher. You see, a woman has been called by God to give her man unconditional respect. And when I mean unconditional respect, I mean unconditional respect. Meaning that a man must be respected whether he deserves it or not. The same way a woman must be loved whether she deserves it or not, your husband must be respected whether he deserves it or not. I wrote here that a woman can give her husband unconditional respect in everything she does, in her tone, in her expression, even while confronting him. And she can always do this in a loving behavior and without endorsing his weaknesses or unloving reactions. The desire 
that you have the fear, and I should say this, the fear that if I respect him, if I don't talk to him, if I don't confront him, if I don't call him out, he's just going to continue in his bad behavior, is not from the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to read this scripture one more time, and then we're going to get back into the, this, the, the word, what I'm going to share this morning. It says in Ephesians 5:33, however, each man amongst you, without exception, to love his wife, well, that's not what I'm going to, but the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him, prefers him, treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Praise God. Now, a lot of women say they don't, I don't think my husband should be loved unconditionally. And I need you to know that this is a need. Why? He has hurt me. What are our reasons? He has hurt me. He doesn't deserve it. He has frustrated me. I'm angry. He should love me first. That's the one I love the most. If he just loves me, I will respect him. True or false? If he acts like a respectable man, I will respect him. If he's loving and kind towards me, I will what? Respect him. Or he shall be the one that will change first. But you need to understand that whatever God asks you to do, you are doing it unto God. Let's quickly turn our Bibles to the book of um, Ephesians. We're seeing in Ephesians. Ephesians, let's take it from um, Ephesians 5. Let's take it from verse 25 now. And I'm going to take the KJV. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the earlier part is the husband's husband. So I want to move away from the husband's and I want to get into the women part. But let's, let's turn to 1 Peter first. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. And I'll take it from the KJV just to explain this concept more before I go in deeper. Likewise, likewise ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband's. That if any obey not the word, they may also, if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversations of their wives. It says, wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, if your man is sleeping, if your man is not obeying the word, if your man is not being loving, if your man is doing anything that is contrary to what the word of God says, how does the Bible say we win them over? By calling them out. Praise God. Praise God. What does the Bible say? It says that if any obey not the word, they may also, also without the word, be won by the conversation of their wives. Let's look at it in Amplified Bible. It's much clearer in the Amplified Bible. Today, the Amplified Bible is going to be doing a lot of talking. In the same way, you wives... Be submissive to your own husband. He says, subordinate not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God. And also partnering with them. So that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion. Do you hear that? By the godly lives of their wives. When they see your modest and respectful behavior, together with your devotion, your appreciation, and your love for him, your encouragement for him, and enjoy him as being a blessing from God. Amen. I'm going to take that one more time. You see, what the Bible is saying is clear. What I've come to give you is not a confusing message. What I've come to give you is not a hard message. The Bible is so clear that there is a way that a woman can position herself to her husband to meet the deepest needs of his heart. And it's not going to be by her mouth. Praise God. 
it's not going to be by her words. Am I saying that you are never going to speak? Am I saying that you are never going to air your own opinions? But I'm no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you can always speak. You can always air your opinions. You can always do all those things. But you have to understand that he must be respectful. A man sees in only one glasses, one lens. A man sees everything in through one eyes. Respect. The way the children greet him, the way his office uh, staff at, um, reach, um, talk to him, the way the bus driver talks to him, the way the waiter talks to him, the man sees everything through the lens of respect. So whatever you do in your home, whatever you do to your husband, your husband can only see through one glasses. It's either respectful or disrespectful. It's either you are doing, no matter how much love you are putting in, if it is not coated with respect, and we're going to see what disrespect means. Disrespect is not something you can just say with your mouth. It is something that is shown in both your words, your attitudes, your emotions, and your actions. Your man will see everything, and I want to hear this, in the eyes and through the lens of respect. And the moment this man doesn't have that need met, guess what? He begins to look for it. Not because he's a wicked person. Not because he doesn't love you. And you need to understand this. He loves you. If he is not respected of you, he will find that need met somewhere. So when I found this out, I found out that, listen, the power to keep my man running back to me is in my hands. Most women have abdicated the responsibility of the marriage to the husband. We're not going to talk about the men because Pastor Eric is going to deal with them. Praise God. You can actually take the helm in your marriage. You can actually take over and take the helm in your marriage and ensure that your marriage is as sweet, peaceful, blissful, happy, and easy. Just that is the thing that God has asked us to do is so hard. I realize that women are not naturally respectful. Praise God. I realize that we want to say this the, the right thing in the wrong tone. We want to just twist our neck a little and break our hands a little. Praise God. And roll our eyes a little. Praise God. And think that we can get away with it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sha. Praise God. Or your husband is, and I'm going to show you where and how, how to be respectful to your husband. Your husband is trying to make a decision. And every single time you counter it. I was at that place in my life where every single decision, why? What's the reason? Why are you doing it? Tell me why. And you have become the enemy. You have become the interrogator. You have become, you know, I'm his check in life. He can't pass this border. My husband has excesses. And if I don't check him, if I don't checkmate him, he will just, you know, run out. This is not in your position, sir. I love what this portion says. He says that you are not inferior to him. You are, sub what does a subordinate mean? It just means that in this institution of marriage, somebody is ahead of me. Simple. In the eyes of God, you are equals. But in the institution of marriage, that man is not your mate. Now, if you want to do marriage your own way, be fine. And I, I wrote in my notes here that the reason why marriages don't work is not because marriage doesn't work. It's because people don't want to make it work. The reason your marriage is not working, the reason why your mother's marriage is not working, or your father's marriage is not working, or your cousin's marriage is not working, is not because marriage is so much work that uh, we can't so, uh, do something about it, or it's just unrealistic. No. The reason is because people have refused to live by the word. The Bible says that because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted divorce. And you have to understand what that hardness of heart means. It means that you yourself, you have decided to put the word down and elevate yourself. 
So when it comes to marriage, I want to do it the way I want. Listen, marriage is not our idea. And marriage is for our good. So if it is for our good and not our own idea, we have to want to the person who knows what it is for. We will rather elevate our emotions as women and say that I don't want to have that discussion and be rude and be disrespectful. When the main thing that the man needs is what you are withholding. Amen. Praise God. So he says, be submissive to your own husband as a subordinate, not as an inferior, out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to the husband by God and their accountability to God. And so partner and so partnering with them. So that even if some of them do not obey, I see this a lot. I'm a counselor. I see this a lot. I see it every day. Till yesterday, till two days ago. Why does he keep doing this? Listen, honey, the answer is in your hands. There is no normal human being that is a man that will not gravitate towards honor and respect. There is not one. I tell you that even my eight-year-old boy gravitates towards honor and respect. Why? Because God has wired that into him. And you are blessed and lucky that God has given you the sole responsibility to feel that your man's need for respect. Amen. Now, women will come to me and say, am I supposed to be a doormat? We will get there. Praise God. Don't let's move ahead of ourselves. He says, when he sees your modest and respectful behavior, together with your devotion and your appreciation and your love for your husband, and when he sees that you encourage him and you enjoy him as a blessing from God, then he will be changed. Verse 3 says, your adornments must not be merely external, with the interweaving and elaborate knotting of hair, which is what we all do. Praise God. And wearing gold jewelry or being superficially preoccupied with dressing in expensive clothes. How many of us understand this? Praise God. We are preoccupied with that. The Bible is so clear. It says, verse 4, but let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart. And I'm going to stop here to tell the young ladies that are yet to be married. It's good to look nice, so, but if you don't have that inner beauty, the truth is that you will be single for a long time. Praise God. Praise God. If you don't have that thing, it is like God has wired men to just know that inner beauty. That when you just see that there is a woman that, oh, you know, oh, lewa, but only wa. Praise God. How many of you have heard that? That she's beautiful, but man, inside of her, she's just, she's just calm. Praise God. And this is where feminism doesn't come to play. You see, you cannot be a feminist and stand in the word of God. What is feminism? You are attacking this, this system that uh, God created. That man should not be in front. Praise God. In your marriage, it has to be. Maybe in the workplace, you can work out their hair, fine. But in your marriage, listen, you are not equals. And I'm going to speak, we have a lot of young people here. All those ideologies from social media, drop it now. I'm hungry, you're hungry. Everybody should buy, buy KFC. Amen. Amen. Your man needs respect. He needs to see it. He needs to feel it. He needs to touch it. He needs to wear it. Praise God. How do you address him matters. Even in conflict, we're going to look at the points where men feel attacked the most. One of the major ways that men feel attacked the most is being in, is being in criticisms. See, I learned something and I, I, I started practicing this in my marriage. I realized that a man is almost, a, a man is, is ego, the ego of a man is as tender and as fragile as the skin of a woman. 
Meaning that if you hit a woman small, you know when guys are playing, guy, 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 you know, serious, you hit the guy, guy won't feel it. But if you do that, guy, guy, with a woman, and you hit her, she'll be like, oh my God, ouch, stop it. Praise God. Because our tenderness and our softness is outward. But let me tell you something, women. The tenderness of a man is there. It's just in his ego. That means they bruise so easily. But because they're men, they won't cry about it. You know, we women, if there's no love, we just start crying. You don't love me. But let me tell you what happens with a man who is, um, doesn't have respect. Should I tell you? He blocks you. Praise God. Married women, can I get an amen? He just blocks you. As in, he can't deal with this. I, cannot, I don't understand why this woman will not respect me in my own house. If she doesn't want to respect me, then, then let's see how she'll get to me. And she just, he just stops talking. And you're talking about everything. Are you, you've forgotten everything. Is it just that small fight? Madam, it was not just a small fight. You disrespected him. Praise God. It was not just a small fight. I just told him that he's not serious now. He's just not a serious person. Is it a big deal? Pastor, can we not just play? I just told him that he's not really so much more of a man. You're not really what I thought you were. It's not really, I still love you. It's just that the truth is I don't, this is not what I bargained for. I love you, but it's, Amen. The more you use those words, the more the ego is just breaking. Ka. Go. You know, and you, the funny thing is that men, women are we are amazing. We want the man to supply the unconditional love. And he also will supply the unconditional respect. We want him to supply the... We, we are giving him two heavy lo, lo, um, loads to carry. Yeah. Unconditional love. Here, unconditional respect. We are telling him whether or not I, I, I love you, you, should, you must still love me. And we are telling him to go and find his respect outside by himself. Praise God. I'm a woman, me too, I need respect. Praise God. I'm a woman, to me too, I need this. Listen, woman. Listen, woman. The power is in your hands. Criticism. Men are fragile. Their egos are fragile. Don't let any... I've seen men that are bigger than the biggest cry because she said, she told me that I'm not worth it. I'm like, ah, are you serious? But she didn't even beat you. She just told me that uh, this was not what she thought the marriage was going to be. If, if, if she's not happy, then let me... Because why? Their egos are fragile. They might not show it. They might not say it. They might not tell you. They might not come and tell you. And because men don't articulate emotions well, they won't tell you. But you will feel it. You will feel it. You will sense it. So in criticisms, they see criticism as contempt. You keep criticizing your man. You're not good at this. Why aren't you good at this? Why don't you know how to? What he sees is that she doesn't really like me. You are, you are saying, I want to criticize him or critique him so he can be better. But what he's actually seeing, some of you are knowing why your relationship's broke. Some of you are seeing why your marriage is not working. You are criticizing him and saying, why is it that you, everybody goes to work and does something? You just don't. Can't you just? What he's actually hearing is, it's another opportunity for her to tell me how much she doesn't like me. It's another opportunity for her to tell me how much of a man I'm not. It's another opportunity for her to, so what's then the point? What is then the point? You're always going to cheat on me. I know you're going to cheat on me. I know. Why are you always this? I, there's no point. Because he always sees it as a personal attack. That this is contempt. She doesn't really like me. She really doesn't want to be around me. So when we begin to totally disregard something that matters to them, we are going to, be off we are going to offend them and we won't enjoy what they have to give. Let's quickly see the book of Esther. 
And I want to show you a clear case of contempt and how bad this thing has been from the time immemorial. Esther chapter 1 verse 10. I don't have so much time, so I'm not going to preach so long. Esther chapter 1 verse 10. And it says, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, and he commanded these guys and seven chamberlains and this, 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 he commanded them to bring, commanded them to bring Vashti, the queen, before the king with the royal crown to show the people and the princes of her beauty, for she was fair to look upon. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command by the, his chamberlains. Therefore, the king was very wrought, and his anger burned within him. This is what happened. Baby, let's play it in this century. Baby, my friends are around. Please bring wine for me. That's the, that's the exact thing. Baby, my friends and I are downstairs. Please, can you help me bring my iPad? This is it. Because we are trying to glorify it now. Baby, my phone is in the room. Please, can you just help me bring it? No, I'm not bringing it. You have your leg now. Don't disturb me. That is, that is exactly what played out. The king was with his friends, hanging out with his friends, and he just wanted, ah, I bought this new watch for my babe. Come and see it. Ah, babe, come and show you. Let me show them that watch. I said, well... Leave me alone. I'll come later. That was it. And guess what happened? Should I tell you what happened? Look at the next verse. From verse 12. Verse 17. The Bible says, For this deed the queen shall come, for this deed of the queen shall come abroad to all the women, and so that they shall now despise their husbands in all their eyes, in their eyes, when it shall be reported. What happened was all the men said, if this woman does this now, all of us are done for. And I want to say this to women that are married and you keep disrespecting your husbands. You are showing your children how to react to their own men. You are showing your daughter that it is okay to be disrespectful. You are showing your man that you don't need to be respected. Your son that you don't need to be respected. So what you are doing is a generational problem. That is why people say that in my, ma in my family we don't have good marriages. It's because they have never seen anything good. They have never seen their mothers honor the men. They have never seen their mothers call their, kneel for their men. They haven't seen them do what man considers honorable. What is honorable? It is tendered to your man. I can't come and say these are the things to honor, but I'm going to show you how to honor him. Look at what happened. The whole, and we know the story. She was ejected. Ejected from a whole kingdom because of what? She refused to come downstairs to show her new crown. To us, me and you ladies, is it not too much? Let's, let's be honest. I just didn't want to come now. I'll come later, but I love him. You know, the queen will still say she loved him. She will still say she loved him so much. But guess what? What matters to your man is what? Respect. Visible respect. Praise God. The second place where men feel disrespected is in conflicts. Just because we are conflicting doesn't mean you should disrespect me. Just because we don't agree. And a lot, of, a lot of us, we are in this together. And until I learned this before I started having peace in my home. That we don't have to agree, but I don't have to be disrespectful. I don't have to, you don't have, I don't have to even have the final say. And I tell women this. In a point in your marriage where you both don't agree on what the final thing should be, go with the man. Because in that marriage, he's the head. You don't always have to have the final say. And even if you, you, you really have the best idea, you don't have to say it in conflict. Are there ways to do it better? Yes. Are there ways you can say it better? Yes. Are there ways you can act better? Yes. We can actually have disputes amongst us, but there is no disrespect. Amen. Praise God. So even in conflict, be respectful. 
A man's feeling of love comes from the connection he has with a respectful woman. So when a man decides to say, I love this girl, it's not the emotions. For us, it's the emotions. For us, it's the way he makes me feel. For us, it's the way he buys cake for us and ice cream. For us, it's the way he provides security. But for him to open his mouth to say, I love you, it is not those things. It's the way you have respected him. It's the way you have made him feel like a king. It's the way that he knows that he is safe with you. It's the way that he knows that even in his weakest form, which he will get to, you are not going to look down at him and say, you are worthless. I should have married upwards. Praise God. Praise is a very cold house this morning. Praise God. Respect is hard for us. It's the men that are sounding. Respect is hard for us, ladies. It is hard. The moment I started trying this thing, and I started studying it, and I, started, I just said something, my husband would say, hmm, is that what you are learning in your book? Praise God. Praise God. Scolding your husband, number three. Your husband is not your child. Your husband is not your what? He's not your child. You are not his mother. Praise God. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Verbal venom. Why can't you just wash the plates? Why can't you just do this? Why can't you just do that? Why can't you just... Listen, we are the ones saying it. You see, when we talk, women, we are talking so that you can change. Because women, when they talk to us, we change. Praise God. But man, is not that way. The Bible is clear. By your chaste conversation, by your chaste conduct, by your respectful conduct, the man will change. Three places to show your husband respect as a roundup. Number one, his opinion. Let his opinions count in the house. If he says the children shouldn't go to that school, then the children shouldn't go. No matter how much you feel so strong about it, if he says it, then let it be. If he, for crying out loud, did you marry a dollard? Did you? So why do you think your opinion is always the best? There was a day that, you know, I heard this story. One woman was driving with her husband, and she kept saying, pass this road. Why don't you pass this road? Why don't you just go faster? Why do you keep driving like and that? We are all like that. Praise God. And she kept on going on and going on. And as she, she was talking, the Holy Spirit just spoke to her and said, why can't you just shut up? Amen. And that was the day she realized that she talks too much. Some of us women, we just go on. and Oh, my, my, I, I think we should go in this direction. You know, no, I don't think so. That's not how we used to do it in my former church. No. In my former church, the pastor would say this. They say this. Did you marry a dollar? Does he have a brain to make his decisions? Yes. What you should do is that seek to understand why he's making the decision. Babe, we're going to be moving to Lekki or we're going to be moving to this place. You should seek to understand why. Okay, oh, that's, it's a good idea. Do you know, why do you think we should move there? Is it, do you think that um, there's something wrong with the area? And you're genuinely seeking to understand why. And even if it doesn't go well, in your minds and in your thoughts with you, you still put it to God. Remember we talked about something in communication. You have to have faith in marriage. You have to have faith that when you talk to God, God will speak to you. God will help and God will touch your partner. You have to have faith. It is not by your mouth. Women, let, let me tell you, it is not by your mouth. It is by your chest conduct that you will turn and win your husband over to you. That's number one. In his opinions, let his opinions count. Support his judgments. Refuse to always question and try to understand why. Praise God. Praise God. Number two is his competency. As a father, 
as a father, some of you are always carrying the children. Ah, I don't want him to go and put uh, something in the baby food. The baby will not be sick. No, 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 no. He's not a dullard. Let him be competent around the house. Let him do stuff by himself. Let him do stuff by himself at his own time. Some women have never allowed their husband to change pampas. No, before you go and give my baby a rash, please let him do stuff. Let him be competent. Amen? As a father, as a husband. And number three, give him respect in his space. He's in his mental space. Stop barging in. Men need space and time to process. Give him respect there. You drop something. I think it was, I don't know if it was this place I, or one of the meetings I shared that I've, I've learned that if I want to do something in three days' time or four days' time, the way to handle it with my husband is by telling him um, a week before, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And then you give him time. For me, that's respecting his space, respecting his thinking, respecting that he has a lot in his mind. Not just that I'll barge in and say, this is what we're going to do. If Give me the answer now. No. You have to respect his space. You have to respect his mind. All right? So women, why do we hold back? Why do we hold back? Why do we have this fear that if I respect this man, if I make this man feel like a king, he's going to treat me somehow? Why do we have this fear? That's because that's what the world teaches. But the word of God says that if you give this man unconditional respect, whether he deserves it or not, it's not the issue. Whether he acts like a man around the house, it's not the issue. The issue is that you have married him and he's your husband. And the need that he has that you have to fulfill first is the need of respecting him. You're not a doormat. I'm not saying you don't have a brain. I'm not saying that you can't add to the table. I'm not saying you can never disagree. I'm only saying that you can do all these things in a respectable and um, decent way. A respectable attitude doesn't render you powerless. It makes you heard. Putting yourself in that position where you know that there's someone ahead of me and I respect him only makes you heard. Praise God. Praise God. So in just one minute, I just want to say, I have very, very a few minutes left. I just want to say to the men, please, men, we've heard this thing. Please, let's be wise. Don't go and be telling them in the house. Is that what Pastor Dela told you? Praise God. Praise God. Let's be wise men. Let's be men of honor. Let's let them grow in their own time and pace. Praise God. Let's be patient. Let's be loving. Let's pray for them. And don't let us just go off saying that men, you know, this is what Pastor Jola has said. Praise God. So in this just few minutes, I just wanted you guys to see that love, respecting your husband is the only thing God has asked you to do. It's the major thing that God has asked you to do. If you respect him, the love that you so desire will come, off, come out naturally. Just the same way that if your husband loves you, you will naturally respect him. If you respect your husband with your words, I wrote here the ways that you can um, respect your husband. Number one, your words. Number two, your actions. Now, it is what you say and how you say it. You love with your, you respect with your words, with your actions. What are the things you should do to tangibly make him see that you respect him? Number three, your attitude. How are you emotionally responding to situations? Number three, your body language. What is your body saying when he says stuff that doesn't go well with you? Praise God. Praise God. So I want to call us to a deeper level of living. It's a very short message, but a very important one. Dear ladies in the house, married or not married, when you have your man, when you have that man that God has given you, please treat him like a king. Praise God. Please treat him like a king. Look for what makes him feel honorable. Talk to him that way. Treat him that way. Serve his food that way. Dress for him that way. 
Praise God. Relate to him that way. My husband says something. This is, these are things I practice because I had to learn it. Nobody told us these things. We only entered because we first were in love. We only entered because, oh, he's just such a good guy, and I just so love him. But then you enter here, and you find out that really, he's not really love that he needs. I'm not saying that he won't, you won't love him, but what he feeds on, what he thrives on in that marriage is you honoring him, placing him first. Being the woman that is courteous, being the woman that is respectable, being the woman that watches her words around her husband, being the woman that trusts her husband to lead, being the woman that would lay down gladly her own plans. The Bible says be submissive. There's nothing you can do about it. The Bible says be submissive. What does it mean to be submissive? I have the opportunity to do something and my husband says no. And I say it's fine. So many times it has happened in my marriage. And I find out time after time after time, it was always for my good. Time after time after time, I found out it was always for my good. When I first got married, I would react, I would shout. And I, you know... The only man that ever told me what I did was wrong was my father. So when, you know, you're not married now, somebody's telling you, no, you can't do it. Ah, like, wow. <laughs> Praise God. Like, wow. But you see, you have chosen him. Marriage is never at gunpoint. Amen? You chose freely and free willing. Praise God. Amen? So as you have freely chosen this man, you, you will freely submit to him. Praise God. Do we understand what we've said this morning? Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. It's important that we go back home and we have conversations with our husbands and ask them this question. How can I honor you today? How can I respect you more today? What can I do to make you feel like the king you are at home? Praise God. How can I help you be better? What can I do to make you happy? As against complaining, as against criticizing, as against confronting always, as against complaining, it's not in our place. And this is the message I have. Women, it is not in our place to use our words to tear down our husbands or our words to correct our husbands. It's always and has always been through our respectable acts. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, visit our website www.petracc.org for our different locations and service times. We'll be happy to have you join our online community. Follow us on our social media handle on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram at Petra Christian Center. You can also reach us via email at correspondent at petracc.org or call us on 070-173-87222. Petra Christian Center. Building Jesus Communities Globally.